0: Well, welcome to the show. I'm your host, Deborah Honeycutt. Deborah Honeycutt on three hours of sleep. So glad that you're here. If you want to get the first couple of chapters of the book that I'm writing? You can get those by going to Instagram. It is Deborah Honeycutt Media, and it's a free download. So just put your email in, and and uh, I will send those to you. I'm really excited about today's show because it's not always that I get to talk with. I guess, that I consider a friend. And the very first time that I met this person, I remember feeling very comfortable. She has a way of putting everybody at ease and has some really funny stories. And she's just like myself, is not afraid to, um, to laugh at herself and be self-deprecating. So please welcome Kristen Ballard. Hi, Kristen. Hi, how are you? I'm great. So glad to have you here. And of course, for those that recognize the last name, they can Google it if they want, but you are the wife of uh, the Colts, Indianapolis Colts General Manager, Chris Ballard.
1: 22 years, five kids, three dogs, and we are just crazy as ever. So we're
0: <laughs> <laughs> always on the go. You said earlier, we were talking off the air and you said, you know, he's the GM, but you're the GM. I'm in charge. I'm
1: in charge. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in charge. <laughs> so he he would totally agree. The kids are always like, they he'll say something, they'll look at me and say, Just wait till later. It'll be fine. (laughs) We like to let him think he's in charge, but we all we all know who's really in charge. (laughs) I love it. Well,
0: we met because both of our sons play for the same football team here locally, and so we got to talking one day in the stands. And I guess I'm a little shocked, Kristen, that after 48 years, I had never heard of this. And I remember when you first told me about it, thinking surely that's not a thing. And I've asked around and I've Googled it, and it is a thing. But you were talking about a push gift. And for those who are listening right now and have no idea what a push gift is, will you explain?
1: Well, a push gift is something that sweet husbands do to (laughs) (laughs) celebrate their wife pushing their child out. So it's a birth gift for the wife um, when she has a baby. So, and I never saw one.
0: (laughs) Well, if it makes you feel any better, I never saw one, Greg.
1: (laughs) (laughs) When did you first learn of this? Oh, it was girlfriends, and they, you know, it was. They were just like, "Look what I got!" And it was like a diamond ring and a tennis bracelet, and you know, really nice gifts. And I was like, "Well, I didn't really know it was a thing." Yeah. And then, of course, Chris really wouldn't know it was the thing. So (laughs) (laughs) obviously,
0: (laughs) well, I wonder if it's a newer, a younger generation thing. In their, in their defense.
1: Well, I, my oldest is 18 and my my girlfriends that have 18, 19 and 20 year olds have push gifts. So I don't really, I mean, I can't give them that pass. I really can't. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I I like it. You're not going to, not going to give a free
0: pass (laughs) because we both in, in talking that day and in this conversation, we both discovered that our husbands are similar and probably not super romantic and Greg would own that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Chris will definitely on that. We still haven't been on a honeymoon. It's been 22 years. (laughs) We were planning a huge country club, Catholic wedding, and then all of a sudden we decided to go to Vegas. And we already had the dress spot, so we had a traditional wedding in Vegas. And 115 people showed up in a month and a half notice because it was in december after football season cuz he was with college at the time. Sure. And so we had to push it forward to before football season. That was your push gift. <laughs> we pushed it forward. <laughs> <laughs> so not that you're bitter
0: or anything. Um, no,
1: but he says every day's a honeymoon. So whatever. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Would you say just due to work schedules and and now when you have kids obviously we get busy and we're always on the go. It's just been hard to fit it in.
1: It's hard to fit it in, and it's hard really to fit it in with like the bases doing sports is insanity. So we do try to get away for like two nights out of the year, but we don't really do date nights. It's usually a charity event or something else related to work, or coaches come in or family comes in. So we might go out then, but otherwise, it's just. And I don't mind. I don't mind. But my love language is quality time. And he does know that. So,
0: yes, I, I'm very familiar with love language. It's good that you've established that. Yes. Um, well, being a, a mom of five kids, it's very important that you have a, a good grasp on your schedules. And I have seen you run like crazy to make it to all of these different events. And sometimes you have to divide and conquer and, and rely on people that you trust. You know, my husband's a coach. I've said to him, Greg, it's very important that you let your your players out at a decent time, because if you don't let them out at a decent time, that is contingent on whether parents are able to get to their siblings' sporting events. And there was a, a specific incident when the team didn't get out in time. And so you were picking up one kid, but they were out late and you were gas all the way down, trying to make it to your other son. And it gets stressful at times.
1: It gets super stressful. So the first year we were in Indianapolis, I was running like crazy, trying to get, I couldn't even stay for the whole game because I had to get the other kid to a practice. And it was just, it was so difficult. So I finally looked at Chris and I said, we either need an Uber driver, you need to get another wife or you need to get me a nanny. And so <laughs> And our kids were old enough that we didn't really need a nanny. We need a driver. We need a driver. So it's it's very difficult. So I'm that mom that raises their hand in the middle of the meeting, the coach's meeting, and says, OK, are you letting them out at 530? Or are they leaving the field at 530? Are you still talking to it? Like, I, I, I need to know exactly to the minute when you're going to have my kid out. You know, late is kind of hard. But the worst is when they let them out early. Oh gosh. And then you're like, "Oh my gosh, you threw off my routine." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tell me though, your kids are all involved in
0: sports, extracurricular activities, but you were involved in sports and you were a good athlete. Tell me what you did.
1: So I was a basketball player and a track athlete and Chris was football for the university of Wisconsin. I did play division two school because I knew my limitations. I was a small post player for basketball and that was my main sport. So played for Texas and Kingsville down in South Texas. And that's actually, God had a plan. So my quote is we plan God laughs. So it's down way South Texas and, Chris came my sophomore year. He was a coach and I was like, all the girls were going crazy over him. And I was like, he's just too short. I just know that's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> he's still young. He's a dude, you know, they go out a lot in Corpus Christi. So <laughs> I ended up we were doing a track workout and there we were doing quarters and the track coach comes to me and he was like, you have to run for us. And so we ended up running. I ran the mile relay and we won conference and it was just, it was a great experience and a great place to be. So I'm excited that I was able to be, have that experience. And my kids have that experience. Great. If not, they'll find something they're passionate about.
0: That's right. So in the, all the years you've been married, how many Mm -hmm. times have you
1: moved? Oh. So we moved four times in seven years. So we moved total of five times, you know, and that's, that's pretty good for the NFL. So most coach, like I talk to coaches, wives all the time, and they have moved 10, 15 times. And that's a lot. And sure. I couldn't imagine moving five kids. And they were young when we started moving them. We, we actually adopted sunny and rain two weeks before we moved from Texas to Chicago.
0: Which a move in itself is already stressful. Mm-hmm. And then you added to your family by two people.
1: Yes. <laughs>
0: and went from a family of how many would have been a family uh, we of were, five.
1: We're five to a family of seven. Seven. Yes. But you know what? It was the best thing for them because all, all those memories that they had in Texas, they were able to have a fresh start and move into our house instead of them moving into the Ballard house. So they got to move as Ballards and be a Ballard in a new house.
0: Tell me, there is a rule that you shared with me. I'm probably not going to remember it perfectly. So you'll have to, um, you'll have to elaborate, but there was a rule of if, you know, cause all of our kids have moments where they get cranky or have an attitude and there was a rule about, but you said, yeah, <laughs> to give you an example, so-and-so was having a little bit of an attitude in the car the other night and we were getting ready to go into dinner.
1: Yeah. So my rule is going out is a privilege, going out to eat is a privilege. And if you're not doing the right things, making good decisions and you have a poor attitude, then you're not going to eat out. And we may all eat out and they can have water and some crackers while we're eating. And then they can go home and make their own peanut butter and jelly sandwich and they can eat at home. We definitely, there's no entitlement in our house. You, if you don't act right and you don't do the right things, then you don't get the extra privileges and eating out is a privilege. You will still eat. It's just, you might eat 15, 20, 30 minutes later than us. So what do your kids think of that rule? Um, <laughs> they've learned the hard way in each one of them. So no favoritism for sure. Each one of them has had those crackers and watch us eat and go home and humbly make that peanut butter and jelly sandwich. So
0: got some structure in place
1: there. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You have to, I feel like the kids, if they don't know consequences, then they don't learn and it doesn't have to be a hard consequence. They're still going to get benefits of nutrition, but they're also going to get the oh my goodness, I'm going to think twice before I have a poor attitude, but it doesn't mean that they can't talk about it. Like you, there's so many days that I'm like, I'm Facebook happy because I'm not in a good mood. <laughs> Facebook happy. Bye. I haven't heard that phrase before. <laughs> I think I made that up. It's a good one. A Pharmaceutical rep And they would go, how are you today? And I'm like, oh, I was having a horrible day. And I'm like, I'm Facebook happy. How are you? And you just put a (laughs) smile on your face right away. And they're just, (laughs) you know, I am definitely an open book. You can read me from the moment you meet me and they know when I'm having a bad day and it's okay to have a bad day. And it's okay to admit that you're having a bad day. And so if they talk about it, that's one thing, but if they just have a poor attitude, it's a whole different scenario. So, if
0: you're the disciplinarian, and not that Chris isn't also, you probably both share that responsibility. I I'm the disciplinarian. Okay, okay. I was, trying to, I was. I'm trying to give him a free pass somewhere. <laughs> oh no! Who instilled that in you?
1: Oh, you know, <laughs> he's not going to like this interview. <laughs> I know. He probably won't. <laughs> I think that my dad is hilarious. So he's a doctor and he has no bedside manner. So he has always told us that please learn from my mistakes. (laughs) So (laughs) I'm not going to say that they taught me this, but they might have taught me in a roundabout way of what they didn't do. I mean, my mom had like junk drawers everywhere and that drives me crazy. So I do the opposite. I'm like constantly throwing things out and constantly cleaning. And I think kind of the same with us is that, or with my kids or our kids, Chris hates when I say my kids <laughs> with our kids, cause they are his kids too. I always told the kids, I said, I want you to be a pleasure to be around. I would rather you act better with other people than you are with us. And so you can have your bad side with us. Let's, let's act, let's act better in front of other people. So it might be tough. I'm loving, I'm tough, but I also love that they're getting older and they see that there's a difference. And so we have those conversations too.
0: Sure. The one that's my son's age, he is a very kind young man. And my my son has said the same thing. And then of course, Greg has coached one of the younger ones and he would say the same thing. So, and you definitely instilled that in your kids. So you should be proud. Tell me though, you you're in the public eye. What would be the biggest misconception out there?
1: I actually like to do interviews and I like to do speaking programs, not because I'm good at it, because I'm not, I'm a nervous wreck. And I, I have a hard time with it sometimes, but I like for them to know that we got our dream job four years ago and we are no different. Like they said, Oh, you're the wife of the GM. Well, it took so long for us to get here and so many hardships and so many different things that we went through before we got to where we are. And, I paid the bills for 13 years of our marriage. So, it's it's been a road and that's why Chris is really good at giving me credit. I give him tons of credit. He's a great man, he's a great husband, he's a great father. And so, I like for people to see, hey, they're normal. Like I can they're approachable. They're every, like everything that we would want them to think we were. And so, the more I'm out there and the more I'm talking to people. And if we can inspire just one person to do one of the little things. And that's what I told the kids when we kept moving. They Every time we moved, they they were like, we love this place. Why are we moving again? Oh, we love this place. Why are we moving again? But each place that we moved to, they loved. And I said, when we moved from Chicago to Kansas City, I remember we were at our church and they were like, we're moving again. I just love it here. And I was like, you know what? We're going to try to touch as many lives as we can in this journey that we're on. And so I think that's kind of where we are. And that's that was the first time I fell part of Indianapolis was when I went and did the playground build for the Colts. And we built a playground for underprivileged children. And it was so inspiring. I love to get my hands dirty. I'm a country girl. And I I think that that's, that's what this is all about. That's why we're here. That's why God's plan was for us to be here.
0: You come off as a very confident person and I love confidence in in people. But can you tell me about a time that you recall when you were scared?
1: <laughs> Moving from Texas to Chicago, <laughs> we looked at houses and that was Chris and I barely ever fight. We disagree, but we don't fight. And I think that was the hardest on our relationship because we were looking at houses and we moved from a 2,700 square foot house. That was $147,000. And you're looking in Chicago to 2,700 square foot house. and Unless you're playing like a half million for it, you're not in a very nice house and you have to do tons of work to it. And we are moving five kids to the other side of the country like in a totally different world for us. And it was just really hard. He was like, you're supposed to be excited about this move. And I was like, Chicago is a lot more expensive than Texas housing. So I think that was a really hard time for us. In addition to when we foster the children, I mean, you think that when you get an 18 month old and a three and a half year old, that it's going to be easy. And it's just not, they've been through seen too much and their emotions are all over the place. And I was working full time. He was on the road full time. And that was just tough. It was tough to be a part to just help them get through that. And sure. there was a lot of talking and it was emotionally draining. And, you know, thank goodness for my three by bio- lot or our three <laughs> biological kids. <laughs> because, here I go again. They are the ones that took them in first and let them they showed us how it was to love unconditionally. And so that that was that was probably one of the most eye opening, hard amazing times for us. So it was, it was all emotions.
0: It's interesting because, you know, usually it's the parents showing them, but that shows that you were doing something right for them to embrace their new siblings that way. Cause that was actually going to be my next question was how did you get them to accept that? Because no one likes change and Mm -hmm. a kid sometimes don't understand it. And all of a sudden your family dynamics are different.
1: Yes. Yes. So Cole was seven when we were on we were still trying to decide on the girls we've had them two years but rights were finally terminated and Cole was seven and we go into each one of their rooms and we do our little night ritual and I was talking to him and I said well what do you think? Because boys don't like change for sure. I think girls are more resilient with change, but boys don't like change. And so I was sitting there. I was like, what do you think? We have a family. So there was four girls total. And I said, we have a family to take off four. and they met the family. So I always kept the kids involved in all the decision-making and just all the options. And so when I said, we have the family that will take off four, we have a family that will take two and two, or we can keep our girls and make sure the other two girls are taken care of. And Cole looks up at me and he says, he goes, you know, always gets me emotional. He said, the easy thing for us to do is to give them to the other family. The right thing to do is for us to keep them. And he was seven years old. And I just, that was my pivotal moment that I was like, you know what? He's right. This is, this is the right thing for us to do. And from that moment on, we didn't change our mind.
0: At seven. That's mind blowing. Yeah. It does give you goosebumps. <laughs> if, if you felt like you've never done anything right as a parent, you know, that's it right there.
1: Yes. Yes. And so I just, I, anytime, you know, there's always been little stepping stones with everything. And I remember we were at a baseball game and our two girls went and saw their sisters. And so they came back and somebody said, Oh, is Kirsten, your sister or biological. And she goes, well, she's kind of a sister. And I, I stepped back and I was like, okay, family meeting. Yes, <laughs> Here comes the family meeting. We were in the car and I was like, let me explain something to you before mommy and daddy ever took you in. Those three were the first ones to take you in. And if you ever question the fact that they are brothers and sisters, then we need to have a conversation. And so everybody was crying. Everybody knew that it was another pivotal moment for us because sure. it was like okay now I understand and poor little rain she's just confused. She still thought that she came out of my belly at 18 months. <laughs> and Would I, that be amazing? <laughs> yeah. She was like, how old was I when I came out of your belly? I'm like, you were 18 months. And she goes, wow, it's big. Yeah. We got to skip
0: the sleepless nights,
1: all of that. (laughs) We got to go past all that, but you know, they're just confused. And that's where you have to step back and put yourself in their shoes. There's so much that's going on in people's lives that we don't put ourselves in their shoes. And we need to do that because you never know. You never know.
0: I love that you had a family meeting. I bet you have them on a frequent occasion,
1: <laughs> and Chris works late those nights because I'll put a little. Put I a bet paper he does. Up. <laughs> I'll put a little paper up in the kitchen. Family meeting tonight, and Cole's always going. Can we have it now? Like no, oh, I want him to God. think about it all day long. <laughs>
0: oh my gosh! <laughs> oh, I thought I was strict, but I think you got me topped.
1: <laughs> it's so fun. Oh yes.
0: So, you mentioned earlier supporting the family for several years before the dream job was landed. And you did tell me at one of our football games for our kids that you used to work for a radio station.
1: I did. I did. So, What'd when you, you talk about all your little interests, I understand it. And it's so fun. Um, yes, I worked for a radio station, Corpus Christi, and it was probably the best another stepping stone that I ever did. Our owners took me in, they taught me how to cold call. I was in sales. So, I had a cold call. I had to write commercials. I had to present myself. So, when you say I'm confident, you might be confident on the outside. Sometimes you're kind of scared on the inside, but you have to show that confidence. So, sorry. My let dogs the,
0: are oh, to... let the dog bark. That's what happened.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm just waiting
0: for any moment my college kid to like. Wake up for the day, and to yeah. walk and be like, can I get Chick Fil A? You know, I'm just waiting for that moment.
1: Oh, absolutely! <laughs> now, I, I'm I'm confident, and I love
0: the on-air portion of radio. But I couldn't do sales. I don't know how you did that.
1: Oh, I could sell anything. I'm I'm in the Oric store because I love Oric vacuum cleaners and I don't even know they're starting not to make them and I'm really getting sad. But I used to go <laughs> in the oric store in Kansas City and they were like, do you want a job? Because every customer that came in, I was like, oh, this is a great, I've had this one and I like, <laughs> Just striking
0: <laughs> up conversation.
1: Oh, I do, I do. I've been to closed stores. I've sold dresses off the counter. Like, and I, I've, I've been offered jobs many a times in stores. So, but yes. people
0: who are in sales face rejection. So, how did that did that phase you at all?
1: No, because you learn from rejection. You learn yes. from failure. So, you know, I always reevaluate myself, just like Chris. Constantly preaches to our kids when they fail in sports that reevaluate what did you do wrong? What could you do better? Even when they're winning, what could you have done better? And they are like, I played good. What could you have done better? So always making sure that you are looking at yourself. Interviews, I always think, what could I have said differently? But you also have to be yourself. So I think that was huge because there's a lot of role-playing in pharmaceutical sales. And doctors don't want somebody that's a robot in front of them. They want to talk football a little bit. They want to get away a little bit from what, what's going on on a day-to-day basis because they're dealing with death and sickness and everything else. And you can you can come in there and just give them a five-minute, two-minute, 30-second reprieve. So And that makes it real.
0: That's that approachable part about you, where I said at the beginning, you put people at ease.
1: Yeah. I, w- I want people to feel comfortable around me and be able to ask me questions. And I want to be there for people.
0: Well, can I ask you one real quick? Yes. Can you can you give me five seconds? Because my son just interrupted <laughs>
1: me. <laughs> what do you need? <laughs> There's a what?
0: A There's a massive spider downstairs. <laughs> Not, I don't do it. spiders. <laughs> do you do spiders? I don't do spiders. I can-
1: I don't like spiders, but I can kill it. <laughs> okay. So
0: they were informed not to interrupt. And a spider was like the emergency. I think I said, unless the house is burning down and it was. Really get a broom. Um, oh, get a broom. Yeah. Okay. So we're back. We are joined by uh, Kristen Ballard. And of course, Kristen is a friend of mine and uh, lives here locally in the Westfield area. And she is the, the wife of Indianapolis Colts GM, Chris Ballard. And has a wonderful story to tell. And she's shared a lot of it with us so far. And again, thank you for joining me, Kristen. And I'd like to ask you some questions. You just tell us the first thing that comes to mind with a little bit of rapid fire, if that's okay.
1: Uh Oh, here we go.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I heard. Uh Oh, Uh -oh. (laughs) okay. So being on the go, as much as you are a snack that you reach for when you're hungry, coffee, (laughs) that's your snack. Pretty Fair much. Fair enough, Fair <laughs> enough. Your biggest parenting fail.
1: Oh, there's so many. <laughs> Have you ever forgotten to pick up a kid? Oh, yes. So <laughs> I, yes, yes. There's been a few of those. So the oh, biggest one was when uh, we were I dropped coal off at basketball. Cash was shooting around, and I left. And my girlfriend called me, and she was like, are you okay? And I said, yes. And she goes, did you forget something? I'm like, no, I'm good. (laughs) She's like, um, cash is still here. And I was like, oh, (laughs) I said, is he happy? Tell him to stay in the gym. He's good. (laughs) Is he Facebook happy? (laughs) Yeah. Is he Facebook (laughs) happy or is he just happy? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. What happens to all of us? Favorite childhood memory? Showing horses.
0: Oh, I didn't know you showed horses.
1: Yeah. With my mom. We would travel the country and show horses. Won a lot of ribbons, so, I'm guessing. Did I did? I was we showed paint horses and I was nationally ranked many times. So it was fun.
0: That's cool. If I were to ask your kids the best meal that mom can make, what would that be?
1: None. <laughs> hey, I appreciate your honor. Are you not a cook? horrible. Oh. Chris, Chris often reminds me I didn't marry you because you could cook. <laughs> there has to be one thing that
0: you're decent at. What would that be?
1: Spaghetti. Yeah. I can cook spaghetti tacos. Those are
0: my go-tos. First concert you attended? Garth Brooks.
1: Was it Garth? How, do you remember yes. how Yes. I, Garth wasn't even famous yet. He was in Victoria, Texas. And this guy asked me to go to Garth Brooks and I had no idea who he was. And so I bought his records. This is aging me, I bought his records and listened to him and loved every song and could sing every song before I went to the concert. So yep, Garth Brooks. And then it was Aerosmith. So <laughs> I'm I'm a mixture.
0: Favorite um favorite drive through of choice as a mom on the go because moms can relate to this. I and mean, there's always we don't want to get our kids drive through, but if you had to,
1: oh have to um, daily no. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, I didn't know you cook. So actually it's probably a pretty good option for you to to hit a drive-thru. What would it be?
1: Um, Chick-fil-A or Freddy's. Oh yes. Oh, Freddy's.
0: Yeah. Freddy's reminds me of steak and shake a little bit.
1: Yes, it does. It does. But I like Freddy's fries.
0: Okay. With five kids and a husband who's very, very busy, where do you go for some quiet time?
1: The gym. That's my therapy is working out pretty regularly three times a week.
0: What's that like for you?
1: So before COVID I would go at least five times a week. So I drop the kids off at school and go straight to the gym. And that was my hour hour and a half that I would spend to myself and kind of just be myself and concentrate on myself, be selfish. So, and I think parents need to do that. I think parents need to learn to be selfish every once in a while and find your one thing. I remember when I stopped working, I had, I struggled with it because I really wanted to work. You like these rapid fire that I'm not doing rapid fire. (laughs) We'll call it Kristen Ballard fire.
0: (laughs) They're a little lengthier, but I'm good with that. I'm good with it.
1: so, you know, he's, he came to me and he knew I was struggling and I was, I was used to being top salesperson and now I'm home with five kids. What, how do you deal with that? And he said, I want you to take one hour a day, one hour a day to concentrate on yourself and do something that you want to do. He says, it's time to let go. So I've kind of taken that to heart. And I, you know, sometimes I don't have all the time in the world, but if I can take, 20 minutes on the Peloton or an hour to get a full workout in, I'm going to take it. And the kids, the kids see it too, because, you know, we've had death in our lives. We've had all kinds of things in our lives and unhealthy people in our lives and mentally unhealthy people in our lives. We talk about that too, that this is a release. And if you're having a hard time, go out and just take a walk and be with yourself and think about it. And then if you still want to talk about it, let's talk about it. So I just, I think it's, it's healthy for people to have that moment.
0: I think it's healthy for your kids to see you do that. You set a good example, Mm -hmm. but also I think that many women probably do feel guilty and it's, it's good that they don't, that they take a little self-care because when they do that and invest in themselves, then they feel, I think, better equipped to be able to give back to their kids and their family. So yes,
1: the yes great, I think. it's
0: a great example to set.
1: Yes, yes. Tell
0: me the first car that you owned.
1: A Toyota Corolla, 1980, no power steering, stick shift. It was great.
0: <laughs> oh, wow, no power steering.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, and my dad spilled gasoline in the back of it. So it oh, was... <laughs> Cannot get gasoline out of the back of a car. <laughs> so, if someone were to describe you in one word, what do you think that would be? Oh, I don't know. It depends on the situation. It depends on the day. That's hard to think about yourself like that. Passionate, good or bad. That's a great
0: way to describe it, good or bad, whether it's uh, uh, hosting those family meetings <laughs> 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 or with celebrating really good news. Yeah, I'm sure. Well, Kristen Ballard is my guest. And again, thank you, Kristen, for joining me. And so maybe you don't, you're not quite aware of of Kristen and all that she does behind the scenes. She joked earlier that she's really the GM, even though her husband's the GM of the Indianapolis Colts. But Kristen is a champion for children. That's one of the things that I love about her. Five kids in her own family. And she continues to support organizations and families who work with foster children. And one of those is Hands of Hope, DCS, Children's Bureau. And you said you also do some work with Frank Wright's family.
1: Well, we definitely advocate for them and they're not today fun. It's amazing to be around people that are so, again, passionate about kids, children, women, men that they need help. They need help. And we just, we just did a foster graduation for 18 year olds that were graduating from high school that they were never adopted out. And so when I talk about men, these men are going to the military. These men are, doing great things in the world. And so it's just, it's great to be able to give back to those kids. And for those who are listening right now, who may not be able
0: to offer their hearts or their homes as a foster parent, but they would want to give back to the cause in some way. Is there something they could do? Is there something they could donate?
1: And and there's so many people that come to me and say, I just don't have the time or the space to be a foster parent. And I totally understand that. There's all kinds of things that you can do. There's little things you can do. You can even call DCS and say, what's the need right now? And they might have a specific family that needs gift cards just to go buy groceries, or they just got a new baby in and they need some diapers or formula. So there's always needs. And I know that DCS always takes gift cards, but Hands of Hope also, they have a website. I believe it's handsofhope.org and they take donations. There's volunteer opportunities with both. The next thing that I want to do is to become certified to be a respite care provider. And that just gives the foster parents a break. So it's just babysitting wow. for these kids that, cause you have to be certified because you're taking in a child of the state. So you have to be certified, but you can give the foster parents a break because you have they five kids know, of your
0: own and you want to be licensed
1: <laughs> to give other parents a break and take on more.
0: I'm just amazed with that.
1: No, no, it's, there's, there's a lot of good foster parents in Indiana. I've worked with a lot of them and they, they just need that self-care again. They just need to take a break for themselves. So I, I would love to do that for them.
0: That's wonderful. Gosh, I'm just, um, You're very generous and you're passionate, but I also would have to say it's another word to describe you, very generous. And anytime I have a guest on, I like to end it with a segment that I call Find Your Story because I've always been a big believer that everybody has a story. And the story, when I refer to that, is not what people do for a living. It's their path in life and what they're passionate about and what they want to be remembered for. And so I would like to ask some questions to kind of get into that segment now. And so um, the first one is, what is the best piece of advice that you've ever been given?
1: I think the best piece of advice as a married woman is that you don't always have to like him, but you always love him. I think that that's helped us with our marriage and just moving forward. And, and I, and I I bring that to my children too, because there's a lot of days that I'm like, dude, I just don't, I don't like you. Like, I don't like what you're doing, but I always love you. It's okay. Like, that's okay. And that's what she was like a second mom to me. And she told me that. And I was just, it was, it sounded like really rude and mean. And I was just, I don't know if I can really take that to heart. But then, as I've been experiencing just all the experiences we've had with the children and the foster children and your husband, that you're just like, why aren't you here to help me sometimes? And then you go, wait, this is what I signed up for. And he, He's there more than I can. I'm glad it's a good balance. Let's just put it that way. It's a really good balance because I have wives go, How do you do it when he's not there? And I'm like, How do you do it with your husband home? It just <laughs> come in, mess up your schedule. So I'm like, It works for us. Like, we love it. And he's such a good father and a husband. But I think that it's okay to have those bad moments.
0: And I think it sets realistic expectations because nothing yes. is always perfection and always happy, um, you're going to have those, those hurdles. And so I think that that was great advice because it's pretty realistic of what life can be like.
1: Yes. You know, I think the
0: happiest of couples go through some trying times.
1: Yes. Yes. And if you, and if you don't think you have the dysfunction or whatever in the family, I'm always like, just look in the mirror. (laughs) We all have it right in front of you. You have (laughs) it and it's okay to have it. And you know, you just have to learn from it and you deal with it. So it just, it's realistic. estate. That's the perfect word for it. It's realistic expectations.
0: I agree. Next question. You walk into a room and everyone you know is there. Who is mm-hmm. the first person you're looking for?
1: My husband. <laughs> my mm-hmm. husband. He's my rock. He's the one that um, I'm the emotional person. He's the logical person. There's no doubt in my mind that he always has my back and I have his.
0: Even so, though he didn't give you a push gift, <laughs>
1: even though he didn't give me a push gift, you know you set those expectations low. <laughs>
0: <laughs> then everybody's happy. Never disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> so since uh, find your story, this segment is titled "Find Your Story." Since um, that's the case. What would one chapter of your book be titled? Hmm.
1: <laughs> thing that comes to my mind is insanity. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, no day is ever the same for you. You're probably sick of me asking you this, but when I see you out, I, I constantly confirm. So you never sit at home one evening. There's not one night, you don't have sports or some extracurricular activity, and you have no, never. I'm just amazed at that. So insanity has to fit.
1: The insanity does fit because it's it it's a broad spectrum. But you know what? the pandemic, a lot of people suffered, and I my heart goes out to those people. But for our family, we were able to sit and have dinner together and just stop for a minute and just reevaluate like what was important to us. And that was family. And it was really nice just to have those moments of not worrying about running around everywhere. I mean, don't get me wrong towards the end, we were ready to get, and we are ready to get back out there, but it did make us stop and it made us appreciate each other.
0: Great answer. And finally, what is your story?
1: My story. There's so many ups and downs, and so many ups that I feel like every stage I've grown stronger in faith and love. And even when it's hard, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for that. And I'm grateful for, and I know this sounds like it's like picture perfect, whatever it's not, it's not. And it's hard. And I want people to know that, that even if it's hard, just try to find the bright side of it. Cause that's where your mental, your mind can go all different directions. When I leave, I want my kids to go, you know what? Your mom can do anything. And your mom could help anybody. And when she walks into a room, she wants to make everybody feel comfortable. And I just want people to know that it can be good. And I'm not always happy. And that's okay. And it's okay to just to be okay.
0: Oh, gosh. I love what you <laughs> just said. It is okay to be here. made me cry. <laughs> Uh, You're very real, Kristen. That's why I wanted to have you on the show. I think you have a great message um, and you're a great example of uh, what it's like to walk the walk and uh, pay it forward. You set that example and you show your kids the more important things in life. And so it's an honor for me to have you on and and to let people hear uh, more about you and what a great philanthropist we have here in our community. So thank you for joining me again.
1: Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for all you do. I know y'all do so many good things and just keep it up. And we're here supporting you all the way. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. That's it for today. And join me
0: for another episode of Deborah Honeycutt on three hours of sleep. It'll be next week. Again, if you want those a couple of chapters of the book that I'm writing, you can go to Deborah Honeycutt Media on Instagram and we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks for joining me. Hope you have a great day.